Welcome to the International Medical Secrets Podcast. On this podcast, you will hear the stories of medical professionals from around the globe and learn trends and insights that are happening in the medical field. Please subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date on the latest episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the International Medical Secrets Podcast. We have another episode here with my co-host, Jerry Manicrote, and another special guest. We have Chris Thompson, sorry, Chris Thomas. Um, he has an awesome background. He's been in the Navy, he's jumped out of airplanes, and, and worked for a lot of big companies uh, throughout his career. And now he's making a transition into the medical field. And he's recently gone through a medical college, graduated there. Uh, so for those that are interested in going into the medical field and you have a very diverse background, this would be a great podcast for you. And uh, I don't want to take Chris's thunder. Uh, Chris, do you mind introducing yourself? So hello, everyone. Uh, like you said, my name is Chris Thomas. Um, I do have a very diverse background. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a long journey for me. It was kind of one of those things to where I've always been extremely motivated. But at the same time as being motivated, I wasn't, uh, I, don't, I think for a long time, I wasn't motivated in the right directions. I spent a lot of my life working for companies out of necessity, instead of an actual desire to be with those companies or actually be doing that. And that's kind of what I want to detail today. I want to talk to you, to everyone about, you know, look, my story going through uh, from chemical plants, lead me all the way up to medical sales college. So I look forward to detailing that. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the introduction. And um, Chris, so let's, let's start from the beginning. Okay. So you, you went to school at Lamar, right? That's where you got your bachelor's degree at Lamar. Uh, you were in the Navy. Um, what, what was that initial starting point in your career? What did that look like exactly? So initially, after getting out of high school and starting at Lee College, I, I went more of a technical direction, process technology. My dad is actually um, the department head of that uh, division at Lee College, and he had always pushed me in that direction. So um, I went the technical route and uh, after some time, I'd moved to South America, went to go visit it, and uh, actually just met a girl. And that's kind of where it all happened for me is, is the, the age of the early 20s uh, to where I came back. And I said, you know what? I got to have a job. I have to have stability. And that's what led me to the military. Mm. Yeah, and I imagine, the, you know, the military, a lot of benefits. And uh, uh, the time period you went into the mil military it was a critical time in our country. Um, so as you you got out of the military, then you went to go work for a big company. Is that when you went to work for Exxon, or is that um, was that prior to Exxon? So what happened is uh, during my time in the military, I was continuing my education, utilizing the benefits that the uh, the Navy offered me, and uh, used that to continue my education and get a bachelor's degree in industrial technology. Um, so continuation on that that technical background, um, and. You know, I just, Exxon was actually the first job that I applied to. I felt very confident in the interviewing process. It was my first time interviewing a big, uh, around a big table with a bunch of executives. And, you know, I got the job. First job I ever, you know, first job outside of the military that I ever, I ever applied to. Wow. Okay. And Exxon's, I mean, a lot of people apply to Exxon and they, never get accepted, never get an interview. Uh, and the fact that you got on there is great. So you, you, you worked at Exxon, you worked at another big oil and gas company, this technical route. Now, at some point, you must have hit a wall or uh, <laughs> you were just 
reached right, a point exactly. where what what made you want to sorry to interrupt gary but i mean it's it's intriguing to hear this you know you went from school you went to south america met a girl and it, it almost sounds like meeting the girl drove you to go to the military so <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what <laughs> i don't mean it that way but uh, and and then you go into a totally different uh, uh place altogether you go to uh, you go to exxon and and you uh you work there in the petrochemical industry. I mean, that's, uh, so what is driving you for these changes? So there's several things about me that are not on my LinkedIn profile. One of the things that people don't see there is, is the many um, uh, downfalls that you have in your career, things that you failed at. And one of those things was when my, after my time at ExxonMobil, I decided, you know what, I, I want to start my own business. I'd looked at the industry. I'd learned so much in the industry. And I said, you know what, I'm going to start up this vacuum truck company. So I got into it with my friend. We were, uh, I'm you sorry, know, could you repeat that? A what company? A vacuum truck cleaning company. So okay. what we Good. wanted to do was go in and commercially service or, uh, these chemical plants that are in the areas that have to get rid of their oily water sumps and things like that. There was a lot of money to be made. Um, and so I said, you know what, I've always wanted to own my own small business. So I, I took that opportunity and I left Exxon. And I got in with my buddy and, and we were pursuing this. And what people don't recognize is then he went through a divorce. And everything that we did to put towards starting that business went with the divorce. Um, he had oh, invested wow. quite a bit of money. Wow. And so I was out everything I had in my 401k. And I just said, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So I jumped back in out of necessity again, back into oil and gas. Well, actually chemicals with Arkema. But so that's the thing. I mean, we all have our ups not and downs. Go ahead. Not to interrupt, but okay, so that's interesting. So did you go to Arkham because of the comfort factor? And hey, I need to, because that was pretty daring to go out and start your own company. But did you, uh, did you go to Arkham because it was comfortable or just, hey. Uh, it's I what I knew. Okay. All right. It's, it's what I knew. I knew that I could be successful. I knew that I could go in. I could knock the interviews out of, out of the park. And it, it was just, you know, you do something for a certain amount of time. If you're relatively good at it and you understand the process behind it, sure. you know, you can, you can get back in. So that's what I did. Um, and I enjoyed my time with Exxon. I enjoyed my time with Arkema, but there was a point, a turning point. I think I turned 35 and I decided um, I wasn't happy. And I can tell you the exact moment I wasn't happy. I've always been an overachiever. I've always been someone that no one, I don't, I don't need anyone to push me. Absolutely. I'm a hundred percent motivated on my own. Um, and so I, I, yeah, it was 2017. I'd had a phenomenal year. I had taken on jobs. I had done things for the company that, you know, no one even considered attempting. And I knew this and my boss knew this. And so my boss comes at me towards the end of the year and he says, okay, let's do your evaluation. You've got a great evaluation. Um, you're going to be happy with, with this increase. And so March came and I saw my increase and I got 2.9%. Mm. And I said, you know what? I have outperformed every single person at this site. And you're giving me 2.9%. And you know what? It made me the, I, I guess, a little bit angry is everyone got 2.9%. Okay. I wasn't given anything because I performed over their expectations. And it was that moment that I decided, what can I do to position myself to where I am going to be compensated for my effort, for the work that I put in. 
And uh, I have some friends that are in the device industry. They have, they love their lives. They love where they live. They love the benefits of it. And I thought back to my time in the military. And I said, when was I the most happy? You know, even though we have a lot of people controlling us while we're in the military, I always felt that I was doing some sort of service that meant something. And I wanted to get back to that. And I wanted to be able to serve um, not only people, but some of the smartest people that we have on this planet, which are our surgeons. Um, so it was that for me that, that the combination of the, the happiness that I had seen in my friends, um, the unhappiness I had with my financial success that drove me to decide to say, how can I leverage my abilities to position myself for a job in medical sales? That's very interesting. And, and for our listeners out there, just real quick, I'm, I'm going through Chris's uh, LinkedIn. He, he talks about being in the military very subduedly, but uh, he's a certified combat search and rescue swimmer, uh, certified combat medic, uh, medic, a certified air crew, and he completed uh, uh, SEER school. That's survival, evasion, resistance, and escape. So that's, uh, that's quite a bit. And on top of all of that, he received Sailor of the Year Award in 2009, supporting uh, USS Lake Erie. So uh, thanks for your service. So it, it's not like, you know, hey, I was comfortable there. You actually went in above and beyond over there in the military as well. And uh, we could definitely see your, your want, and, your, uh, and, and you were there for over five years, your want and your need to serve others. So uh, thanks for that. But uh, I can see where your story, story is going. Yeah, and it seems like, I mean, just like what Chris is saying, I mean, if you want to be graded, you know, for lack of better words, based on your performance, then sales is the way to go. And then if, you know, if medical is your passion, if that's, if that's what drives you is, to, is helping people, yeah, medical sales makes a perfect transition. But Chris brought up a good point, and it's something you see all these posts on social media and things going on, but rarely do you hear posts about, how do you take care of your top performers? You know, I, I've seen posts about, well, this is how you treat top. Per don't, um, I don't know. It's almost like uh, the, the market, the culture in a lot of companies right now doesn't care as much about leaders and top performers within an organization. They care more about the average of the organization and the, you know, just maintaining, making sure everybody's happy, but not taking care of those, those top performers. So that's what I found interesting about what, what Chris had to say is he's, he's been continuously, I mean, all the way back to the Navy, he's been winning. He's been very successful. And, uh, but I mean, correct me. Is that sound about right, Chris, that you, you just, you got to a point where you felt like, you know what, I, I know I can be successful. I know I have the capabilities, but you know, organizations aren't, aren't taking care of me in, in that regard. Absolutely. I knew that I was limited by those around me. And I wanted to surround myself by people that were equally motivated, equally ambitious. Um, because, you know, I did, I, I don't want to be the person that ends up just satisfied. I want to be the person that is always continually trying to improve myself. And I knew that, you know, I was growing a little bit stagnant there. Would you say there's also, uh, there was also a need, um, you know, and I'm saying, I'm asking this, uh, reflecting on what you've said and, and your uh, record, there was a need to serve others as well that uh, give you a reason to actually get up in the morning, not just, hey, I'm going to go to work. You know what, I learned 
to serve others. I, I, I learned that when I was in the military, I learned that when I got married, I learned that when I had kids that we're continually in the service of others. And one of the things that makes me the happiest is when you can see somebody that you may not directly impact. I know that the surgeon is doing the work, but I know that if I decide to represent a company, it is because it's a company that I truly believe in. And that's kind of, it comes with age. But one of the things that I've learned throughout this interviewing process, trying to get in with device companies is you got to capitalize on what makes you different. Um, you know, one of those things that I did to capitalize on that was just, I don't get discouraged by rejection. I live on it. And I'm the type of person, if I get knocked down, I'm going to get up over and over and over again. And I'm going to say, thank you. And the other thing is, and I, I told this to the guys in the interviewing process is I said, I'm very chameleon-like. I'm the guy that's highly adaptable. You know, I can, you can throw me in a room uh, full of Manhattan housewives and I'm going to come out pregnant <laughs> and have all your money. I'm just, that's me. And uh, so I, I said that jokingly, but uh, I mean, that's capitalize on what makes you different. So that's one of the things that when I tried to get in this, I said, I can't fake my way through this. I've got to be me. And I, uh well, Chris, one thing that caught me that that I thought made you stand out was not only your where you started and where you've been, but then you go to this medical college. You go to mm -hmm. a college for you, you weren't just somebody that said, you know what, I want to get into medical sales. Let me throw my resume out there and see if it sticks. You actually, you know, went put yourself through some some pretty rigorous training uh, regarding the medical field. Is that right? Absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I it, I, I was that person once upon a time that threw my resume out there and I applied to these postings on websites and I have learned a tremendous amount since then. And I will tell any of your listeners, it does not work. You have to position yourself to demonstrate why you are a great candidate. For me, I have no background in medical device sales or anything in the medical industry. And so what could I do to demonstrate to that recruiter or that hiring manager or that vice president or regional manager that I'm, I'm committed to this. So that's what I, I've got a great story now because I can tell you it's, it's very hard to support two kids, my wife, my mortgage, two car payments, you know, paying all this insurance with no job. Every single money, every single month I see my bank account dive. But it demonstrates to every single one of these guys that this guy's hungry. This guy is in it to, to, for the long run. And with them seeing that, you know, I, I think that I have a competitive edge over a lot of those other people that are in the market that may, you know, not be as invested as I am. Right. Yeah. You're just not, you're not somebody right out of college just looking for a job. I mean, you've, you've experienced uh, you have a lot of experience in the workforce, plus you've dealt with obviously difficult situations in the Navy, and now you've gone through this rigorous training and, and about to enter the medical field. So um, it's, I think that's a good testament, not only to you, but it also, I mean, it's, it's a good experience that other people can learn from, especially others that want to go into the medical field that, like for me, when I was in college, I didn't know medical cells existed. No. I didn't. Um, and just here in the past few years, I've heard, I've heard about the, you know, the potential success, obviously it's, you know, it has its ups and downs, but you got to be a high performer to be successful period. Um, 
and it sounds like you have the the skill set to do that. Well, look, I'll tell you this, and this I, I'll, I'll try to be brief. I, I get a little bit long-winded, I know, but this is this is for those people that are trying to break in because I've tried everything. I, I spent a year just tossing up resumes. LinkedIn is your best friend. There is no stronger platform than LinkedIn because when you when you when you put your resume out there on some website, it's going to go through some hiring person that you know doesn't know you doesn't know your story but LinkedIn allows you to connect with those people that can make a difference in your life um, and it allows you to demonstrate why you're the right person um, and you know for me the secret was is I knew how to optimize my time yeah I took one company a day and I for any person that had any leverage with that company and I pushed out invitations for 12, 14 hours in one day at one company. And by the end of the day, every single day, after I sent a detailed and personalized message and I made that company important to me, I made their products important to me, I would have an interview the next day every time. I've been in more than 20 interviews. I have four offers on the table that I'm just trying to decide which one I'm going to take. And it's... It's been one of those things because I, I'm, I'm very aware of myself, my strengths, my weaknesses, and uh, I'm able to re relate how, how hungry I am and how dedicated of an employee I am um, to, these, to these hiring managers. That's, that's really impressive. That uh, you know, shows not just your tenacity, but your, your, uh, your will to succeed, the, the, the fact that you're willing to put in those many hours. I, I know... Uh, I've coached uh, lots of uh, young folks, uh, let's call them millennials, if you will. Uh, I don't know if they come under the category or not, but you tell them, you know, hey, you have to put in the effort. You have to put in the work to get the job or, or get whatever, and you follow up with them because for whatever reason, they forget to follow up with you. You ask them, well, how many hours did you put in? I said, oh, I do a couple hours during the day, and I'm like, that's it? And then they ask me back, you mean I should put in more? It is a full-time job. Exactly. That's my point. If you're not working, uh, hunting has to be your full-time job then. Yes. Very good point. Chris, you caught my attention that one of the things you said a couple couple moments ago about the LinkedIn messaging. So I get spammed with LinkedIn messages all the time, people that are – and half of them, it's hard to respond to You're just because you're so busy. Um, what did your LinkedIn messaging look like? Obviously you had to connect with people on a personal level. Um, I mean, what, what did that look like exactly? I mean, you, you must've built some sort of relationship via LinkedIn. Absolutely. So um, <laughs> yeah, relationships are, can be built one message at a time. There is absolutely no doubt that it can happen. Um, does it happen, happen often? Absolutely not. It's, it was, it was one of those things that I started on LinkedIn and I just had a LinkedIn. I never utilized it. I never knew the importance. I never knew how much it could mean to the success of my future. So I went from maybe five connections to almost 2000 connections within two months. <laughs> Every day I just get timed out on LinkedIn hmm. and, uh, and they would say, you cannot invite anybody else right now. And at first I was sending every single person a message and I would maybe get maybe 15% of those would accept 
my invitation and never reply to that message. They were just click. Because if you notice when you send somebody a LinkedIn message and you attach it to that invite, most people are just going to click the invite and they're not even going to look at your message. So right. I stopped doing that. I no longer absolutely will not send a message with my invite. I'm looking for people that are in the same industry that I want to be in. And most of them as sales guys, they want your connections anyway, especially if you have over a thousand or over 2000. And so I went into it and the people that accepted my invitations, I was, like I said, I, I optimized my time. If you had a manager title, if you had a vice president title, if you had, you know, some leverage within that company and it was a company that I liked, you were going to get a message from me prior to doing that. I would research their company. I would research that person's background and I would do this for probably six or seven hours before I started making a, cause I don't want to send, like I said, optimize my time. I don't want to send a, uh, an individualized message out to, to 500 people. So I, but I did my research on the company. I said this, I said that, and I personalized it to myself and I would send that letter or that uh, message out to vice presidents, to presidents, to regional managers, to territory managers, and they would all get the same message. And I'll, it's something generic, but I'll tell you, mine are pretty good, uh, but, but it you would. narrowed that message, right? I narrowed it down. To that group of people. Correct. And then I would send it out. And I would always, I've had vice presidents come back to me and said, Chris, I get thousands of messages a day and I'm responding to yours. I appreciate what you said. I'm going to set you up to talk to this person. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but you know, I'm not the right candidate for every company and I accept that, but I'm going to find that company that is right for me and I am right for them which I've narrowed it down quite a bit and hopefully I have that, that happens soon, but if so not, you, I'll keep on LinkedIn. So you made it very personalized. You, you, you figured out who your audience was. You figured out what your goal and um, you aligned your messaging, personalized it to, to the people you're reaching out to. Um, every, every medical device company has a, a motto on their webpage. You go to, Arthrex, you're going to see their motto, helping patient or helping surgeons make patients' lives better, or I can't remember the exact quote of it, but, uh, or, you know, Smith and Nephew, all of them have something as a company that they want to achieve. If your goals align with what that company wants to achieve and you believe in their product, it, it's, it's then personal. I, I, you know, my dad got an, a, a total knee replacement. I don't know if it's, Smith and nephew's knee, but you know what? I know how, what difference a total knee can make in a person's life. Right. And so I would contact that person and I said, you know what? I have seen how your, your products transform a uh, patient's lives, including my family. I want to work for this company. Tell me, you know, what I need to do. I, and you know, you get personal. Don't always worry about being overly professional. Uh, these people that you're reaching out to are just as human as you are. Uh, keep it, keep it business professional, but, but just also show that, that you're hungry, that you, you really truly desire this. And you know, there's not, everybody's going to accept it, but I've had a lot of success with it. So. 
That's fantastic, Chris. And we really appreciate you making time today and sharing your story and inspiring others that want to enter the medical field. And it just goes to show you, you don't have to have a strong medical background. And, and you can, if you want to get in the medical field, you have to have the right attitude, you have to have the work ethic, and the ability to, to, to work hard, <laughs> obviously. And you can use um, social media to do that. I mean, you can use LinkedIn to do that and save time. Um, but obviously, it, it has to be a personalized message. It has, to, it has to, your goals have to align with their goals, and there is some, some thought you have to put into it. But um, Chris, like I said, really appreciate you, you willing to help others that want to enter the medical field, and, and uh, good, good luck to you, and hopefully we can stay in touch. Gary, yeah, Chris, Gary, you all the best. Thank you guys. This is my first podcast ever. I'm just going to have you know, and I wish I did have some video now. So if in the future, once we get things dialed in, if y'all ever need somebody else again, just reach out. You guys are great. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And yeah, uh, let us know once you start, uh, you know, we'll obviously follow you on LinkedIn, but once you uh, uh, get your job, we just might have you back on. Awesome. That sounds great. Thanks, Chris. Bye -bye. Hey, thank you very much.